Top Shelf Fantasy. Shelfies, we are back again. Another podcast coming at you, me and Scotty. Talking trade deadline tonight. We got Top Shelf Podcast number 275. Today is November 17th. 275 podcasts, man. We are almost at 300. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Pat yourself on the back. I'm actually doing that right now. It's more of a shoulder. <laughs> I'm just very, very lazy. <laughs> and as always, Shelfies, follow us on our website, topshelffantasy.com, or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at topshelffntsy. Uh, you know, TikTok, any minute now, we'll be on that as well. We're pretty quick adopters on this stuff. So, uh, <laughs> someday. But hey, let's get into the news. Not really a lot going on, but a couple things that will be impactful as you head towards your fantasy playoffs, you hurdle towards your fantasy trade deadline, which should be either this week or the next week, probably at the latest in, in any leagues. Uh, yeah, we'll get into it. So Michael Carter gets cut by the Jets and then immediately is claimed by the Cardinals, which is interesting, um, given that James Conner just came back for Arizona. But I think it shows that while Michael Carter might not have caught on in, in New York so hot or as, you know, as much as we had hoped, he's still got some life in those legs and other, other teams see it. Yeah, it was kind of a shocking cut. Um, I mean, it wasn't like, oh my God, he was so good why they cut the guy. But I mean, he played a lot of third downs. I guess he wasn't doing a great job, but it's the Jets anyways. No one there is doing much. Um, but going to the Cardinals, like you said Connor's back, but we saw everyone behind Connor when Connor was out completely be dog shit. Like Ingram, uh, DiMicardo, if that's his name. Yeah. So it's like, oh. all right, I rather they'd rather go like that. That can make all right. Behind Connor, Connor goes down. He actually has like his rookie year, he was great. Like he he has a track record of being good and maybe in that offense. I mean, with with Kyler, it, it's a different kind of offense. Maybe that bodes well for him. But um I know there's I think two two other teams um put claims in for him. So I mean, teams saw what he can do, and they do want him. So I guess that's a good sign for him. Yeah, exactly. And I think he definitely has, you know, a little bit, maybe even more value in Arizona than he did in New York, at least as far as being buried on the depth chart and buried behind other guys. Uh, he, you know, he should be able to carve out a role there at least, at least a little bit. Um, yeah, and then God forbid James Conner does go down, he'd he'd be in line for some work. But uh, you know, sometimes it's just a change of scenery. We saw Kenyon Drake get traded to the Cardinals and, and absolutely break out after having done nothing previously in his career. So, um, you know, sometimes teams just need that kind of that kind of spark, and so do players. So, um, interesting maneuver. If you're Michael Carter owner, I would say you're probably happy. Uh, you you knew what he gave you at least from a dynasty perspective on the Jets. So you're not moving backwards. If anything, this is a step in the right direction. It's not going to get worse than in New York. Yeah, I mean. Even though it's like redraft, not going out to get the guy, but as a dynasty owner, I'm like, okay, that's that's stocks going up a bit. Might not be a lot, but for dynasty, you, oh yeah, you if you're, take if you're it running, as a win, you're like, yeah, I called it. I knew it was gonna be good. And if you're running a dynasty league where he happens to have already been cut, I would go add him in a dynasty league as like a speculative ad. There's no reason not to. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, given you that dynasty, these are typically pretty sparse on the waiver wires. Yeah, you get deep pitches anyway, so I'm sure there's a guy you can cut out there. Yep. I mean, for backup running back in the NFL, behind an injury-prone starters, uh, that's always 
pretty key. 100%. Um, in other news, Joe Flacco visiting the Browns. And, I mean, I guess that's interesting insofar that we know Deshaun Watson's done for the year. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a bit. But neither quarterback behind Deshaun had looked all that impressive. P.J. Walker or uh, what is it? DT, DTB? DTR. DTR, yeah. I mean, not neither one. I mean, it'll probably be indicative of what, what to expect, whatever we see this week. If if uh, DTR looks good, maybe he'll he'll secure the role. But Joe Flacco definitely coming in is what Joe Flacco does. This is around the time every year we seem to see Joe Flacco uh, join a team and get some reps. So um, he'll he'll latch on more than likely, at least be a backup quarterback, maybe learn the system for a little bit. And then if neither of these guys can, can prove that they can operate a – you know, the Browns offense efficiently, then Joe, Joe Flacco have a very good shot at getting some reps in actual game time. Yeah, I mean, it's a team that's kind of on the verge of playoffs, too. It's like Flacco's been there in so many s- systems, too, that like he can probably pick it up in a week and be better than the, the other two guys. Yeah, like I, I can't imagine he's got a ton left in the tank because last time we saw him in New York, it was kind of just like, ugh. Yeah, hard to small watch, but... flashes, but just, I mean, yeah. if he's a game manager, it's great, but they've just lost so much on that offense, it's kind of broken. Yeah, it really is just a, a team that is 100% defense, and the offense is trying to do anything to keep pace, and it, it almost makes you, you know, wish that they could have stayed healthy, because a healthy Watson and a healthy Nick Chubb all season would have probably positioned this team very, very nicely, uh, to make a run, at least, you know, a push maybe for a wild card spot because the Ravens look to be a house right now. But the AFC North is 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 wide open, especially with the uh, demise of Joe Burrow. So we'll see. I guess that's that's all I can say. But the defense is certainly elite. So a game manager quarterback could be just what the doctor ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, then our other piece of news, we don't know how this is going to impact the season uh, going forward, but Zay Jones was arrested a couple days ago on misdemeanor domestic battery charges. I don't know what the difference is with misdemeanor versus felony or criminal or whatever. So I guess we need a, an attorney to come on the podcast and give us their legal expertise. But uh, usually not good. The NFL, despite all of their problems, has tried in the past to crack down on these sorts of incidents. So if there were to be any sort of uh, punishment in season, I would expect it to come swiftly. But they may wait for you know more facts to be gathered in the uh, the you know, in the actual judicial system and then they make their ruling afterwards. So it might not even affect him this season. Um, that all being said, he's still dealing with a knee injury, so it might not even matter. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if you're even playing him a lot in redraft leagues anyways, as it is. So no, I don't think so. I think he's like a, a desperation flex play in a deep dynasty and that's about it. Yep. All right. Let's not waste time on Zay Jones. Let's get into some injuries. Uh, we'll do the good news and we'll get to the, the worst news later. Uh, off the rip, Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert look like they are going to play this week. They're both trending up full practices. Khalil Herbert's been activated off of IR uh, as of last week, I believe, actually. So these guys should play would hopefully, you know, help transform this Bears offense and uh, change a stale kind of, I don't know, desperate offense with a uh, badgent under center into the Fields led offense we saw last year. Um, I think Fields is, is really going to be playing for his life and playing for his career in Chicago. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do on the field. Yeah. And he looked good before the injury. I know he had like a pretty bad first four weeks, but after that, he kind of put up some good stats, still didn't, you know, win games, but for fantasy was fine. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for the entire team. DJ Moore can't be 
more excited. Yeah, Justin Fields and DJ Moore, both my starts of the week um, for, for this week because just because of the connection they've had. We've seen what they can do mm-hmm. together. I think DJ Moore is going to be stoked to have them back. They played the Lions, definitely some opportunity there against a division rival. I really like the the storyline writing itself here. So um, we'll see. And if he's healthy, that's great because we saw what he looked like unhealthy and it was not not effective. Yep. Um, moving on, Devon Ashan, A-Chan, however you say his name, we'll eventually get a consensus on it. But he is expected to be back this week. He They said that last week during the bye. It was, you know, he'd be back after the bye. And it looks like they're um, staying true to their word there, which is good because Raheem Mostert is – Still carrying a questionable tag, and Jeff Wilson has been an afterthought. So uh, they're they're definitely looking for lightning in a bottle, and that's exactly what uh, Rashawn offers. Yes, I cannot wait to see him play again. He was just such a spark to that offense. Yeah, I don't know who they play this week off the top of my head. Is it um? I want to say Buffalo, but I could be wrong. Um, do they just play Buffalo? Who knows? We'll look it up. Uh, they play the the Raiders. Oh, great matchup coming back to come mm-hmm. back to. Uh, he could pop huge in that one. So that he's probably a guy that if you rostered this whole time, you're putting him right back in your lineup and expecting oh, big yeah. things. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Another one that's in or should be in is Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, I saw a yeah, full, I mean, uh, I... full slate of practices this week. It's if you're desperate to try to stream a tight end, I guess you go for it. But yeah, I guess if like you're it. the Mark Andrews owner and like you missed yeah. out on like Ferguson, Schultz, McBride, those guys are kind of popped. Yeah, but I mean, before he was hurt, he was doing nothing in that offense. Yeah, even with Deontay Johnson out, you'd think he even get targets. And now Deontay and Pickens are both healthy. It's just not enough targets to go around for the third option on that team. Hey, a couple weeks ago, though, I did trade Mark Andrews for Fryermuth and Michael Pittman. So oh, it all, all works out. There you go. Yep, you, you fucking knew it, man. That dude, I just you know I can predict these things. Um, and then the maybe the biggest one of the week, uh, Matt Stafford is expected to play. I shouldn't say it's a guarantee yet, but McVay said he expects him out there, and I think this is just huge for the whole offense. Um, they needed him back. Puka needs him back. Cup needs him back. And we all need Kyron Williams back at some point, but he'll be maybe next week. That's um, next week, yeah, yeah. So. Great move in the right direction for the Rams. I don't know exactly what their game plan is in the NFC West. Uh, it's a tough division right now, so they got to win some games quickly if they intend to compete. It's good for our bet, too. Yes, honestly. If he's back and Cub and Puka stay healthy for the rest of the year, yeah, I think we your should... bet's right back on there. Right, well, yeah, I love that. Still not looking great, but um, on my <laughs> side, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just losing one week or even two weeks of, uh, of yeah, Stafford you really go hurts. from like wide receiver one to wide receiver <laughs> five pretty fast, yep. nice and easy. Um, all right, and then for some people who are questionable, we'll hammer through these. Garrett Wilson, um, he's I think he's gonna be expected to play, but this is turning out to be a, a game time decision. Uh, Alexander Madison, a true game time decision as well. He was supposed to clear concussion protocol today. I didn't see that actually get confirmed, but they expect him to surely be clear of the cr- protocol by game time on Sunday. Um, I think he's actually the night game. And then it's just going to boil down to his own personal decision, maybe how he feels in pregame, which is dicey if it's the the night game, if you're if we're holding out hope to play uh, Alexander Madison. So that's going to be tougher if you don't have a handcuff or you know, not necessarily a handcuff, but if you don't have a backup for – 
that running back position by Sunday night or Monday night. So definitely something to keep an eye on. You should have gone out there and got uh, Ty Chandler at least. Like, even though it was like, oh, Madison could play. It's like if you're an owner of him and you're starting him as a flex guy, you had to get Ty Chandler. I get outbid on Ty Chandler as a Madison owner. Um, So I have Rico Dowdle. (laughs) And I actually picked up, well, I did pick up Jeff Wilson as well. So it might just be if, if Mostert's out, I'll just start Jeff Wilson, hope for the best. I think that's one of those things like you just got to make a call early because you can't be saddled with a zero in your running back spot, especially on this team. I'm talking about where I'm trying to make a playoff push. Yep. Not that's our flex way league. too We're risky in the water. Different league where I also have Madison. That's right. I have <laughs> Madison in two leagues. <laughs> and on the same team, Justin Jefferson is still a questionable tag and they play a night game. So another one where if you don't have a backup option. I don't know if you put him in your, lineup because this is his first week back i would i'm not i wouldn't be shocked if they hold him out one more week um yeah i would hold off it's it's always these guys coming back and it's always a night game like yeah it's it's always so many times it's always monday night and it's like oh this guy's out oh i'm screwed like I, i i can't do anything now and to be fair, I mean, he's also coming back to play Denver. And, you know, I know we, we made fun of Denver a lot at the beginning of the year, but the last several games, they've, they've turned been, it around on defense. They've been one of the best defenses in the league the last three or four yeah. weeks. Which so is he's not shocking. he's not walking back into a cake matchup, even though, you know, if you have sleeper app, they might be showing up as a green team. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not green for go. It's you might want to uh, re- recalibrate that uh, that ranking a little bit because Jefferson might be in for a tough day with Pat Sertan following him around the field. So. Yep. Um, yeah, I would not, like you said, would not shock me to see them hold them out. Make sure your all world, you know, all tier caliber wide receiver is is fully healthy before you force them out there. So definitely a, a tricky slope right there. Um, for guys that we don't have to worry about who are definitely out, Damian Pierce and Noah Brown, both on the Texans, both ruled out. Uh, sucks to see because Noah Brown's been playing awesome. Damian Pierce has been out yeah. for a little bit now, but um, that's just you know, I don't even know if it matters. You're probably happy if you're the Damian Pierce owner because you don't have to decide if you have to play him or not. That's exactly right. And then <laughs> if you own both him and Singletary, you're like, oh, I can just ride Singletary again, and then I'm fine. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, the Noah Brown one, I didn't really know he was hurt until I saw the, the alert. I'm like, oh, shit, he was, he's actually out. Like, do I have this guy on my teams? I don't. Uh, but, yeah, he's been balling out the last two weeks. Yeah, he's absolutely come on the scene with, with a force, and I think we see this every now and again from Noah Brown. It's like he disappears for years, then he just pops up with huge games. But yeah, um, sucks he's not going to be playing uh, with a knee injury of all things. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, of course, T. Higgins was out th- Thursday night. Um, it yeah. definitely affected them, but I think Berg going down wouldn't have mattered anyway. So as a T. Higgins owner. It's good that he was out because I'd be forced yeah. to play him. Burr goes yep. down and he's a non-factor. So exactly, um, it's actually a good out, which is hard to say. <laughs> and I mean, he's somebody you got to keep on your radar going forward as well. I mean, if he's nursing a hamstring injury and Burrow's out. I I don't even know what the what the Bengals are going to do. They might shut him down. You know, they might just say this season's a wash. I don't know that they're going to turn it in like that, but it's dicey now, especially with the Ravens pulling away. Yep. Um, Antonio Gibson is still doubtful, but very unlikely to play with a toe injury. He's not practiced at all, all week. So I would assume he's out. And I think if you're the Brian Robinson owner, you'd probably like to see that because 
Gibson has kind of come on a little bit lately, taking some snaps away from from B Rob. Uh, you'd rather see B Rob have the entire the entire run running back room to himself. So uh, take a look at that. Keep watching that. But I would be prepared to sit Antonio Gibson if you had any intentions of playing him this week. Yep. And then the last guy that you definitely didn't intend on playing, Hayden Hurst, he's out with a concussion. But that doesn't matter because he's a tight end and nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, done for the season. We saw it last night. Joe Burrow was hoping that it wasn't long term, maybe week to week. But he's out for the year. He's getting surgery. Um, massive blow for fantasy, not just for him, just but for the entire team. Yeah, across the board, I think you see people take a dip. Um, maybe you could argue Joe Mixon it has some value now, but we didn't see him dominate when Burrow was struggling earlier in the year. I mean, we saw some decent games, you know, 12 points here, 8 points there. But since he's been on the field with Burrow, he's looked a lot, you know, we're with Burrow at full health. He's looked a lot better. Um, I will say this kid that came in, Browning, did seem to pepper Joe Mixon, but I think teams will plan for that. So I wouldn't expect Mixon to be a... Uh, a home run hitter the rest of the way. Yep. Plus the, it, they'll, pro- they'll probably be down too. So, you know, getting 15 carries probably yeah, not likely. Exactly. And I did see it was a torn ligament in uh Burrow's hand, which sucks. Ugh. You hate ligaments. You always hope for bone breaks. Bone breaks are easy. <laughs> yep. They're clean. Yep. Uh, and then the, the other huge one, Mark Andrews, I guess Harbaugh came out and said, it's a very severe high ankle sprain. He expects him to miss the rest of the season. I don't, I'm assuming he means regular season because if they make a playoff push, I mean, that's six, seven, eight weeks that, you know, uh, Andrew should be in play to return from that. But I guess that depends on the severity and, and whatever, because it looked like he was in agony and couldn't walk at all. So yeah, he's a correct fibula and ligament issue in his ankle. <laughs> so that's little, I think it's a little, that, I guess that's a severe high ankle sprain is, is what yeah i guess is. yeah you sprained it so bad that you cracked a bone um, yeah <laughs> i don't yeah and i don't know what the recovery time is on that so maybe it is like a for real done for the year um if not i mean he could easily just be an ir candidate you know you hit ir for four weeks you come back you know or you open that 21 day practice window it's really like seven weeks and you play once you, once you hit playoffs i mean could work out i don't know cracked bones never seem to be too uh too wise to play NFL football on. So that could be the last we see of Mark Andrews this year. Yep. I agree. And Isaiah likely has not looked like Isaiah likely last year where he was having huge yeah, games in Mark Andrews' absence. So he had some targets last night and still like watching him like this isn't the same guy. Yeah. He he just looks slow and like he should have had a catch and he was like a lazy oh I can't get it. And, like Yeah, the one that was like four inches to his right. Yeah. Just, like, like you still could have man. Like come on. Yeah. Yeah, he looks, I don't know, it looks like they told him to add some, like, size or weight or something, and, like, he took it, like, way too seriously, and now he's, like, fat and slow. I don't he know. He should just wear a single-digit number. He'll look way skinnier. True. Smart. And then way faster. It makes <laughs> so much sense. Um, And then the final one, actually, Deshaun Watson. Uh, He was shut down by the medical staff, I guess, saying that he has a broken bone in his shoulder. Um, It's really just been one thing after another with him this season, and this is, this is the last straw. Uh. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Who knows how long recovery is on that? Um, they said his shoulder was like seriously in in uh, you know, at risk of completely falling apart and being destroyed forever. So I guess good thing they caught it. Good thing they shut him down. 
sucks for the Browns. Uh, we talked about it before, so I won't belabor the point. Yep. Now, the reason that we're all here to talk about the trade deadline coming up in your league. So we've each picked a couple trade targets, people that we'd like to acquire, and then a couple that we'd like to trade away. You want to take your first one, Scotty? Yeah. Um, my first guy I'm targeting is Isaiah Pacheco, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, coming off of his bye, um, before that, I mean, it was not just him, it was, it was the entire offense, but uh, weeks eight and nine, you know, he put up 5.2 points, 6.6 points, and half point PPR. Uh, definitely not what you want out of Pacheco when he was kind of giving you the, the uh, 13 to 15 a game weeks and as an RB1, uh, completely dipped. But this team has the easiest, I think the easiest, the second easiest strength of schedule for running backs going forward. And it would probably be the easiest if they didn't have to play Philly this week. Right. Um, so you take Philly out of there. I think they have the easiest like by a mile because, you know, Vegas, Green Bay, Buffalo has been able to get run over the Pats, Raiders again, Cincy. I mean, I, I just, just, looks so good on paper right now. And the reason I think you, you can trade for him cheap, I mean, there's a few reasons. His lack of production, his last two weeks, um, and that they play Philly. So, you know, if you're a Pacheco owner, you're probably scared to play him this week anyways. I'm an owner. I still, I'm, I'm going to play him because I, I have to, but I don't be shocked if he goes for another you know, six to eight point week. But trade him up. Uh, Get him now while it's like, oh, shit, this is a bad matchup. I can save you from a dud. And he sucked the last two weeks. Yeah. Oh, sure, I'll take it. And then, I mean, he puts up six points week 11. Don't be like, oh, crap, I lost a trade. Look for the future. At this point, you got to look at the playoffs, too. And, um, I mean, when we get into the playoffs, we we talk about guys with the easy matchups. We've seen Montgomery for years be, you know, a top five RB in fantasy playoffs because of the matchup. Um, yeah. Sony Michelle a couple of years ago, like, and Isaiah Pacheco is probably not better than Montgomery, but I mean, if Sony M- Michelle and Rashad Penny can do it, Pacheco can too. So um, matchup alone, he should feast. Um, I guess the only worrisome thing is if they're definitely clinched by week 17, they can kind of, you know, sit them or not use them as much, but you can't, you know, you can't think that far. Yeah. You just got to take it week by week, especially in fantasy playoffs. So you, you figure it out as you go along. I mean, you can plan for it now at the deadline. That's about the yeah. best you can do. Don't it. plan for the championship now. Cause you might need not even be there. Exactly. Um, I actually followed your, your train of thought kind of identically when I picked my, my trade target as well. I have Rishi Rice wide receiver, Kansas city chiefs. Um, again, just a very, very easy schedule facing, Philly, Vegas, Green Bay, which might be the hardest one on this list, Buffalo, New England, Vegas again, Cincy, and the Chargers, which is just an easy, easy list of teams. I mean, I know Vegas has, they show up as a red team for a matchup uh, on Sleeper, but it's not because they're a super strong pass defense. It's because teams are up by like 40 on them every single game, and they just run the crap out of the ball right down their throats. So It's the same thing um, with Houston last year. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're pretty exactly. good. I think you always say, like, yeah. oh, guys, they're 
Yeah, don't be fooled. Up by 20 <laughs> points. Like, yeah, do not be fooled. Um, then I went a little bit deeper on Rishi Rice and I found some stats that are they're kind of illuminating. And this is his rankings for the entire league right now. Uh, 2.61 yards per route run, which is 13th overall in the league. 8.28 yards after uh, yards after catch, which is second in the entire league. And 2.97 yards after contact, which is seventh in the entire league. At the wide receiver position, I should say, not for running backs, but um, that's those are pretty awesome stats for a rookie wide receiver operating in one of the most high power offenses in in the NFL. And then you add into that his snap percentage has gone up every week since week five. Uh, all of this just makes me absolutely love the kid. And, and while he's not necessarily getting more targets every single week, he's involved in the red zone. He's involved in a variety of ways. They use him even in some gadget type plays, which you don't expect out of a six foot two, two hundred and three pound wide receiver. But it's the Chiefs. They get everybody involved in a variety of ways, and I think he's a fantastic trade target that you can get for a very low cost. I mean, you're not going to break the bank trying to acquire Rasheed Rice like at, at all. So I would go after him. People still treat him as, you know, yeah, he's probably on some people's taxi squads in Dynasty. If you're talking about Dynasty trade acquisition, you could easily pick him up there because they're probably not even looking at his production week over week. And then flip side, if you're in redraft, people probably still treat him as a flex play, despite the fact that he could very, very easily end up being a wide receiver two or, you know, high end wide receiver three, back end wide receiver two on the season. He's currently wide receiver 44. And I think that that number is just going to increase week over week. So um, I'd be stoked to add Rasheed Rice in, in any format. Yep. Get the, get the Chiefs guys now. <laughs> yeah, it's the perfect time of season to yep. add Chiefs to your roster. Coming off the bye, it's perfect time. Yep. Uh, my next one is a tight end, actually, which is kind of weird. Um, but Trey McBride, baby. This guy has looked great two out of the last three weeks. Um, the one week he didn't look good was, I think, Clayton Toon was under center, so you can't really fault him for that. But, I mean, week eight, 14 targets, 10 receptions, and 95 yards a touchdown. First week, Kyler's back. You know, kind of worrisome. New quarterback, different style quarterback. How's it going to work? Nine targets, eight catches, 131 yards. Holy shit. That is just great to, to see. And it kind of makes sense, too, with the way that Kyler plays. He's an easy check down guy. If, you know, if he's scrambling, the first one open on his side is probably McBride almost every time. You, you saw it last week. If he keeps doing that weekly, um, I mean, he'll... I, I've said it in, in chats and gotten made fun of, but I think he's a tight end one going forward, which usually d- doesn't say much. But <laughs> this year, it's like at least 10 to 12 points is like tied in 10, yeah. um, which is great to see. So I think he's right there with like, you know, if you picked up him, Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson, those kind of guys, like you feel good about that. Um, and r- right back to strength of schedule, they got the easiest one. And I think that means more for tight ends too, because when you're streaming tight ends, you're always like, oh, who's got the green, the green mark? And going forward, it's uh, McBride. So um, I just think the catch with Kyler is, is too hard to pass up. He does have a week 14 bye, which does hurt. Um, but I think if, if he's going to help you win the next three weeks to get into playoffs, especially if you're, you're Mark Andrews owner. Um, Pretty much if you're not a Kelsey owner or Laporta uh, or Kincaid, I guess Kittle too, then 
it's nuts that you just named two rookie tight ends. <laughs> yep, and I'm, I'm and this is a sophomore, so these young yeah. tight ends are definitely coming in um hot and fast. So McBride is my second trade target. Love that. Uh, my second trade target is Michael Pittman, who is currently ranked as wide receiver 13. And I just feel like does not get the respect of a guy who's just outside the wide receiver one territory. I mean, I traded for him a few weeks ago in uh, in our other dynasty league. And people were like, what do you mean? He's a stud wide receiver. And I was like, I mean, wide receiver 13 is pretty much a wide receiver one. That's kind of what I consider a stud, especially at 26 years old. Um, but beyond that, I mean, six foot four, 220 plus pounds. I think I said that when he was coming into the league at a USC, like that's the kind of guy I want to have on my team. And we've seen him now consistently put up double digit numbers without a lot of touchdowns. He's only has three on the season. And he's done that with Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew all year long. And he's also had Zach Moss and then the introduction, introduction of JT back into the Colts offense. So I think he's proven that he's going to be consistent. He's going to consistently be the guy there no matter what. And then I think the other benefit for trying to acquire him this week is that he is on his buy this week. Someone who absolutely needs a win. If they're the Mike Pittman owner, you should be able to get him for almost next to nothing. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say next to nothing, but you should be able to pick him up at a discount because the guy might actually need to win. You might be able to move Michael Pittman for a guy that you have on your bench this week. That just happens. Like, if I had Cortland Sutton in a league, I would trade him for Michael Pittman in like the snap of a finger. And I might be yep. able to get an extra piece. You know, somebody I might be able to convince them, despite their rankings, to throw in another ancillary piece along along the way for their trouble just because my guy's playing this week and their guy's not. Right. So I mean um definitely an approach that you should take if you can target by week guys. I was shocked when you said it was what is for 13. So even me looking at it, I'm like, wow, like this is I didn't, I didn't know that. And I, I own him in leagues and I still didn't even know that he's doing that good. So <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, if, if the own, if the own owner doesn't see it, um, <laughs> then people don't see, see it at all. So that's, that's a great uh, target. Um, we'll go over two guys each for guys to trade away. Some guys that are going to hurt you, dra- dra- drag you down a bit. Um, I'll take mine first. Mine is Terry McLaurin. Um, nothing. It's, Terry at all that offense has looked pretty good with Sam Howell, but um I mean, he's wide receiver 20 now and just looking at his game log, like all right, he's been a safe, like he's had you know 13, 14, 18 points, but there's a lot of single digit games. The last two games, 5.2, 9.8. point eight doesn't really kill you, but I mean when guys like John Dotson's uh getting going again and Brian Robinson's really getting going on the ground. Um, I mean, the guy has two touchdowns on the year only, which is kind of shocking for Terry. Um, he also has a hard strength of schedule and a week 14 bye. Um, so by week strength, strength of the schedule di- difficulty, he gets the giants this week, which is a, should be a cake ma- matchup, which I think can help you a lot. Like, Hey, I'll trade you Terry. He's playing the giants this week. He's getting ball out. Which he probably will, and he probably should, but use that to you know to get rid of him to an an owner that needs a win this week because after the Giants it's Dallas, Miami, by Rams, Jets, San Fran, and that's nothing I want to deal with. I mean, all those defenses there I j- I just said 
have been killing wide receivers. So um, get rid of him now while you can, um, because I think it's going to be a disaster um, week 12 on. Yeah, could, I could not agree more. I think that's a great a great suggestion. Um, I'm also taking a wide receiver for my first sell target, I guess you'd call it, or a person to just get off your team before he drags you down the rest of the year. Uh, Jamar Chase, hate to put him on a list like this. Usually I'm advocating buying Chase in any capacity, no matter what the cost is, but this is one that's strictly based on Joe Burrow going out for the season. I just think there's no way Chase is going to be what you need him to be based on where you drafted him without Joe Burrow tied to him. So if you can move him now before we see him put up a low point total next week, I a million percent would. He's a, he's a guy that you can move based on his name. You could probably still get a good return for him, but as soon as he puts up a dud game, people are going to go, okay, that's what he's going to do the rest of the season. Whether that's true or false, I don't think you even need to get into, into worrying about it. Yeah. He'll probably still have a couple games down the stretch that, You'll be like, oh, I wish I kept him because he scored, you know, 17 points. But that might be one time versus five weeks that he is an absolute dud for you. He could be single digits. I mean, we've seen him be single digits with Joe Burrow on the field. So you take away that all-world quarterback. What are the odds that Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, and Joe Mixon are all all viable candidates to be in your starting lineup with without a quarterback? It's it's very low. It's you're kind of the best example is just look at the Jets offense once they lost Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we didn't really, didn't really get to see them with Aaron Rodgers, but we see them with Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson is probably better than this Browning kid who is playing for the Bengals the rest of the way. So I'm not thrilled to keep Jamar Chase on my team. I'm not thrilled to trade him either, but I want to do it now where I can get max uh, value back for him. I don't know who exactly you could get. If I could trade Jamar Chase for Michael Pittman, I'd do that right now. No, no, no questions asked. Yeah, I mean, and you could possibly could too so yeah yep uh it's not it's not your fault chase not it's not your fault <laughs> you um, just scream he's quarterback proof in the person's face like oh until they take the deal mm-hmm. and then they go why are you trying to trade me him if he's quarterback proof and you go ah <laughs> <laughs> um my last one is trevor lawrence um and of course me going back to the strength of the schedule besides and, and going to cincinnati they have the worst strength of the schedule for quarterback so good luck brown and getting the ball out at all um but trevor lawrence has a, has a bad strength of the schedule and just like based off the name i think you you can trade him even me like b- before i even look at his stats i put him down because even in my mind oh he's a qb one in fantasy duh like you can trade him he hasn't had one week with over 20 points he's two games with two touchdowns no games with three and the rest are one or zero, like we saw last week. I just think that people look at him and still look at him like he's Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and he's not even close to that tier. Um, maybe NFL wise, uh, fantasy wise, it, it's it's he's a back end quarterback too. Um, that's what he's playing like this year. So I think if you can trade him based off his name, do it because like you could have picked up. Joshua Dobbs and, and and Trevor Lawrence, you're probably still starting him each week because of the name. You're losing weeks, so get rid of this guy now based off his name um, because it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I I was shocked how bad he was doing, and 
with his schedule coming up, I just know it's it, it's not going to get any better than this. Yeah, dude, he's been one of the quietest like letdowns of the season. You haven't really heard people, you know, Quite hating on him publicly, but yeah, he's he has effectively busted at this point. Um, speaking of busts, I'm also trying to sell one. Kyle Pitts. I think you have to sell him on his name more than anything. Sell him on his potential that we all think is there, but we just haven't seen enough of consistently to keep him in your lineups. He is on a buy this week, which makes it even harder to sell a tight end on a buy. But he has not had a 20-point game in over two years. And Scotty mentioned it earlier when we were talking tight ends. You have guys out there that you probably could have picked up off your waiver wire this year that are consistently scoring you know, 15 to 20. So if I could trade Pitts for one of them, I would do it. If I could trade Pitts for McBride, Pitts plus a piece for McBride, I would. I don't think that gets done, but I'd try it. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't surprise wouldn't surprise me if I could sell like Pitts for Dalton Schultz and Rasheed Rice in the same deal. Maybe I have to throw in, you know, a running back, but people think Pitts is nasty. Nobody respects Dalton Schultz and nobody even knows that Rasheed Rice is doing well. So I think there's a there's a trade that could get done, but I, I'm just at my wits end with Kyle Pitts. I don't think he's gonna become the guy you need him to be this year. If it's a dynasty league, I'd probably say he's got a little bit more leash, but if you're talking purely redraft, I'd move him as fast as I could at the deadline because he's not going to be your savior. And we always talk strength of schedule. He doesn't have an easy one either. So sit him, get rid of him, sell him. I mean, yeah. And all these guys were telling you to sell, like we just named chase Pitts, Lawrence, Terry all big name guys in people's minds. Like that's what people think of when they see these guys on paper. So um, th- that's why it's just trade the big name guys that really haven't done well and won't do well going forward. Yep. It's always, I mean, what we say every year, right? Is separate the name from what they've actually done, separate their history from what they're currently doing because one, one doesn't matter. And one's super, super important. <laughs> Yep, exactly. All right, that will do it for the uh, trade targets, uh, guys to trade away. And real quick, we'll just go over some fantasy league updates. Um, for me, besides sucking in s- some leagues, w- one league uh, with Dows, we're fighting on who's worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, I think I'm doing pretty good in most of my, my leagues. I'm probably... Over half leagues, I'm right in playoff contention, at least. I know it's still only week 11. We got some weeks left. But my biggest one is, is I did make Scott Fishbowl playoffs. Uh, something I really wanted to do this year. I talked to Dow's two, two weeks ago. I said, dude, I kept Drake London in my lineup, went to a Disney thing with my, my kids, saw it after. I lost the week by two points. And Scott Fishbowl, you're scoring like... 200 plus points a week i lost two to 210 to 208 and i've had to sub him in with with anyone i could anyway. have won so um had a big week last week i scored 280 282 points um i like noah brown dak dobbs Keenan allen so with that scoring format it, it was fantastic um so I, i'm very happy to make playoffs, and I have a team with Justin Jefferson too. So if he gets back during the special playoffs, um, I mean, it'd be very hard to win that whole thing. But hopefully, get a few rounds in there to get the uh, 
name up there on the leaderboard. So we'd love to see a top shelf there as a top 10 team at the end of the year. Oh yeah. Dude, that would be unreal. And like you said, if you're doing all this without Justin Jefferson, it's like sub him into the lineup oh, and we're yeah. talking, you scored 280. Now we're talking, you broke 300, like more than likely. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got Diggs, Keenan Allen, Jefferson. Um, like Nico Collins has been a huge hit. Josh Dobbs has been unreal. Did you reach on me. Kelsey in that one too, or did he, he went like for one one in that league? Kelsey, I my tight ends are bad. They're yeah. Henry and Njoku, so that's a definitely a weak spot. But my my re- receivers alone are getting me like f- forty points a week. Yeah, you love that. That's what you need. If you, if you don't have the tight ends in that league, you just need receivers to make yeah. up the make up the difference, right? And kickers, <laughs> <laughs> kickers are huge. I got Tucker. I took Tucker in the first round. <laughs> yeah, but but he hasn't really done that much. But um, yeah, uh, Dallas, you. Yeah, I mean, more. I don't have anything too exciting like you have with Scott Fishbowl going on. But uh, the last two weeks, I've won all my leagues except for the ones that were tanking in. Um, so me and Scott just tanking left and right, sucking at it, scoring tons of points, leaving forty point goddamn quarterbacks on my bench, but <laughs> successfully losing, which is what we need to do. Um, I got a few playoff pushes I'm making. I had one league I thought I was dead to rights. Like I was in dead last and I've won five straight now. Stoked on that. Hopefully, I don't know, keep winning because I still am not guaranteed in playoffs yet. Uh, Our other dynasty league, same thing. I I was dead in the water with no JT, no Eckler to start the season. Um, Now I'm making a push. I think I've won three or four straight climbing up the rankings. That league's super tight too. Um, I think two more wins and I'll go from like 10th place to third place so oh shit kind of similar to our flex league where it's everybody's yeah. super tight flex league i've just i just I, it hasn't gone well for me i think i'm still buried in dead last hey um, i'm, I'm no justin jefferson i lost aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I just lost mark andrews plus i, I had to play him last yeah. night so the three yeah. points is going to kill me this week I'm, yeah i'm, I'm hoping I, uh, if i if i can sneak out a win i've got craig this week and he had joe burrow who we obviously started who only scored mm-hmm. eight points and i had gus edwards drop a 20 burger so I went from projected to lose by 20 to projected to win by seven. You know how good those projections are. So yeah. Don't look at pr- projections, even though it's like we do it every week. Like you yeah, have to, I'm golden. And then you look an hour later, like what, the, what, what happened? What happened? <laughs> like I'm projected to win. I'm going to definitely win. Like, wait, whenever I like think I'm going to lose for sure. I always win. <laughs> yep. Fucking projections. I wish they would just like get, a, get rid of them. But at the same time, like, how but, am I going to assert my dominance leading up to game week? It's it's so true. It's like you still kind of need like, oh, why is this guy ranked so low? Maybe I should look into that. Um, I quite quite honestly, from like Monday till Thursday, right before game time, I just start whatever my highest points are. So I look like I'm going to win. Yeah. And then, and then I'll, I'll start my actual guys like exactly. Thursday evening. Yeah. Right before the game. Yep. All right. Um. That will do it, I guess. Um, again, at Top Shelf Fantasy or Top Shelf FNTSY on the socials, topshelffantasy.com. Because the start sits out there for you for this weekend. Had a fantastic last two weeks, so definitely follow us. Um, these tight ends are, are crushing it for our starts this the last couple of weeks. Thank you, Tribute. Who, did you, tri- who did you take for your dart throw this week? Uh, no one. Um, I'm going to take... Um, well, who'd you take? Because you did years already. I took Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> oh, that's a dart. I, I was going to take Luke 
Musgrave, um, but I guess it's not really a dart. He's more of a upcoming. <laughs> no, rookie. yeah, go go for it. Read my write up. I said as soon as Scotty said, let's try to find the next up and coming tight end. I was like Mercedes Lewis, forty-one years old, thirty, yeah, fucking forty-year-old Mercedes Lewis. Let's oh, go. Jesus. All right, uh, for me and Dows, Tasha Fantasy, stay fluid, stay loose. <laughs>